Blog Talk Radio. is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Happy Monday. <laughs> I'm doing great, but uh, probably not as great as you. Uh, you're you're uh, having a little fun with the family uh, this, this week, uh, aren't I'm, you? So, I, I, I'm on yeah. vacation. We're up at a ski resort, and uh, I'll tell you, the kids have been having a blast. They're, they're, they're much better skiers now at age five and seven than um, I have ever been. So it's fun to watch them. And that's mostly what I've been doing is <laughs> observing. So. Enjoying, enjoying um, watching them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a good fun. It's great to, uh, great to have a few days off spring break going on. You know, I don't know. Is that a big deal in your life these days or uh, is uh, that coming up later? Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it means that, uh, you know, my, my oldest uh, will, you know, be home from college. Uh, my next oldest is, uh, He's traveling to uh, to see a friend uh, in, in uh, South Carolina, and so I mean that that that's a big adventure for him at age seven. Oh yeah, so, for uh, you Fun. know so you know yeah so yeah I, I would say that spring break is is a bigger deal now than it was a couple of years ago. Now that I've got you know kids that are old enough to appreciate it. So, anyway. Exactly. Well, that only gets more exciting, right? Yeah. The college spring break <laughs> right. experience that whole thing. Maybe the the less said about all that, oh, yeah. the better. Plus, we've got <laughs> that's right. Boy, do we <laughs> exactly. <laughs> boy, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, you know. Um, uh, boy, do we have a big show that's tonight. Right. Anyway, we're talking about. Is there a bigger topic that we talk about than the singularity? I don't think there could be. Is there a bigger potential topic? That's, than the that's pretty. I I don't think that the arrival of greater than human level intelligence on the planet Earth uh, could. Uh, it could be. I don't think there, there could be a topic bigger than that. That's 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 pretty it's, much it. It's hard to top. So this is a big show because we're talking that's, about a big topic, and uh, you know Ray Kurzweil's book from 2005, 12 years ago now. Can you believe that? Was entitled "The Singularity Is Near." Our show this evening is "The Singularity Is Ever Nearer," and we're actually going to be tracking progress towards the technological and also a little bit economic singularity. I think those two things are tied together in interesting ways that uh, p- perhaps we didn't think about as much in the past and we're, we're thinking about a little more uh, these days. But for those who are not familiar with what we mean by 
the, the Singularity. I, I went to Singularity.com, which is the official website of Ray Kurzweil's book, The Singularity is Near. And just to catch everybody up, in case you think, well, they're saying that word a lot, but I have no idea what it is. Here, I'm just going to read this right off the site, okay? The Singularity is an era in which our intelligence will become increasingly non-biological and trillions of times more powerful than it is today. The dawning of a new civilization that will enable us to transcend our biological limitations and amplify our creativity. That's the short official Kurzweil AI, or excuse me, singularity.com definition from, from Ray Kurzweil. Uh, I like the definition you just gave, Stephen, the emergence of uh, greater than human intelligence, which is definitely, you know, echoed in, in the, uh, the definition given there. And, and there are other definitions for the technological singularity that are given as well, one of which I think is kind of important always to reference is Werner Vinge's uh, original formulation, which is simply um, after the emergence of greater than human intelligence, reaching a period where progress occurs so fast that we can no longer predict what's going to happen. Right. So it, it's this, it's this point where, where accelerating change um, goes vertical, right. Where the hockey stick gets its handle basically uh, in, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of technological development, that. Is, it is the technological a term. That's right. It's a term that was uh, originated in, in mathematics, barred by physicists to describe uh, black holes, and and right. barred again uh, uh, to describe what we're talking about here. Uh, which one definition is the arrival of greater than human level intelligence? And 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 there's a and there's an event horizon, just like with a black hole. There's an event horizon. Um, you know, beyond the, this point when this uh, intelligence arrives, we can't really predict, can we? So, uh, right, right. Uh, beyond beyond that event horizon, uh, you know, you can't you can't say what a uh, what's an entity uh, that's ten times smarter than we would, it, you know, what they would do, what the, what their goals would be. It's uh, so it's 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 a, a frightening topic for some people and an exciting topic for others. Uh, I guess it depends on whether or not you think you're, uh, that humanity will be along for the ride. So maybe we should look at some of these stories and see if we get a handle on that. Yeah, let's let's take a look at whether uh, whether current events are trending us towards that kind of uh, that kind of outcome, and and will we in fact come along for the ride? I, one thing I note is that the singularity.com definition assumes we will. I like that. It says our intelligence yeah. will become non-biological rather than non-biological intelligences are going to come along and <laughs> crush us like the insects yeah. that we are, which is, you know, which is, which is good to see. But, but there's a lot of fear around uh, those kinds of outcomes. And we've heard them in recent years from people like um, Elon Musk. Um, I think even Stephen Hawking has chimed in on this one recently that uh, yeah. you know the the AIs will run amok. They're gonna they're gonna take control. And of course, we've been doing uh, a Monday show about AI for the last few weeks now. It seems like talking about whether the robots are going to come ruin the economy and steal all our jobs. So even without the singularity, um, there is a lot of fear of non-human intelligence, and especially when that non-human intelligence becomes greater than human intelligence and becomes completely unpredictable. That's that sounds like a worry to some people. So. Um, I love this headline, and this is a really interesting story. It begins, bots are learning to chat in their own language. I mean, right there, the words it begins, right? What what else could they possibly be talking about <laughs> other than some kind of robot right. apocalypse, right? Um, I mean, come on, they're, they're making up their own language. What do you make of this, Stephen? Are the, is this is this step one in their, uh, their, their secret plan to take over? What do, what do you make of this story? 
It's a baby step if it's a step at all in that direction, Phil. Because it's it's what we're talking about is very simple language. We got these uh, these entities uh, in a two dimensional grid, right? That are that have these very simple goals of moving to a green square, and uh, they they uh, they co- and they, they can cooperate with each other. They kind of learned, okay, well, if you go over here, I can move here, and we can all get to where we want to go, kind of thing. And so they. Uh, and, and, and basically, it's it's they're they're di- discussing these things in sort of if then statements, right? I mean, really rudimentary language, but uh, you know, hey, you got to start somewhere, right? So yeah, why are they talking to each other? Why are they inventing a language, though? That's the part uh, that seems odd to me. Um, why do bots? Why do robots need to invent a language to communicate with each other? I guess because the it, tur- it turns out more of them can reach their goal. More of them can reach their goal if they're communicating with each other. They have figured that out in this in this um, very. I mean, and and I mean, they run this. You know, they can run this uh, simulation. You know, a, a million times in a day, right? So I mean, it's just they, they right. do it over and over and over, and they get better and better at accomplishing their goals. And by doing and and they have discovered that you know cooperation leads to. Uh, uh, you know, a greater chance of of success for each and every one of them, and so that's so, the, so, so developing they, they a talk, language was actually just a, a strategy, rudimentary way. Yeah. yeah. So developing a language was just a strategy that the bots came up with to to get the outcome to reach. They were trying to invent a language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to turn things green. Uh, just just following instructions. Interesting. Um, what this might also say about human evolution or about the evolution of intelligence generally, right? Why do we talk to each other? Why does language right. exist? You know, you can, you can take it, uh, you can well, take it back to we, very rude, we probably spent rudimentary example. <laughs> well, we probably spent a lot of time uh, in, in the, uh, in the early, early years of what became humanity grunting at each other and, 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 and applying meaning to the different, different vocalizations and, and, and gestures and things like that in, in hunting or whatever. And again, the goal typically, you know, would be to, okay, we're going to, we're going to outwit the, our prey here, even though they're, they're faster, stronger, have greater, uh, uh, you know, uh, natural weapons and teeth and claws, but, uh, we can, we can out, we can outthink them. And, uh, particularly if, if we are cooperating, we can, we can outdo them. So uh, it was, it was, very much the same kind of thing. We, uh, it was a strategy for success. We, we learned that cooperation uh, leads to greater outcomes for more of us than uh, just so, going, our, going on our own. So, yeah. so I would turn this story around and say it, what, what's beginning here, the, the ominous it begins that uh, the wired headline person writer came up with, uh, what's beginning here is these bots are starting to become a little more human, right? I mean they're, they're evolving – uh, intelligence in a way that we did, um, and and so if um, if they're developing language as a problem-solving strategy in the same way that we did, this is actually quite encouraging. I think it, it says that there's something um, uh, you know intrinsic about language. There's something intrinsic about cooperation for uh, uh, getting to optimal performance um, when intelligence is called for. That makes me hopeful that. Some of these other characteristics that we're looking for, not only in ourselves, but in our robotic progeny, such as empathy, um, you know, interest in interest in others, um, a desire to do good, that those things might 
start emerging too that that maybe they come along for the ride or maybe they you know they're an inherent part of of how you get smarter it's it, as you said a baby step but i i find it a really encouraging one i don't see the end of the world in this at all i see you know hopefully the beginning of a new intelligence that's more like us than than we might have uh, might have feared right maybe 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 this shows that they're a little more like us than and and we don't need to worry so much. What do you think? Well, you know, a part of our intelligence involves what's called mirror neurons, right? If I, if I see somebody that's that is hurting or is having some sort of difficulty, you, can, you know, and to some extent, um, we feel we do literally feel for them, right? I mean, we we um, and, and and we understand how how it must feel for them, and and often we'll lend a hand because. You know, it, it, we we empathize with them. I think, and again, I you know you could you could look at that as uh, a, you know totally altruistic, but it's also a strategy for success. Again, you know, if if um, you know when we help others, then uh, there's uh, it, it also you know not only are we helping them out of a jam, but uh, you know uh, to some extent uh, there's it, we're paying it forward, right? So um, exactly. And and uh, and it comes and it tends to come back to you. So um, it's it's uh, and perhaps uh, these bots will uh, learn the same uh, in their uh, in, in, in their in their uh, in their simple game that they're trying to win there together. So it's interesting. Here's hoping. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. like like you said, it's a it's a baby step, but uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's it's easy to spin that as a positive step as a uh, as a scary one. Now this next story is very hard to spin into anything other than a great story. And we've talked about this numerous times over the last few years. Uh, the world's next great leap forward towards the end of poverty. This is uh, in The Economist and basically just talking about the fact that nearly a billion people have been taken out of extreme poverty over the course of about 20 years and calling on us to let's, you know, lather, rinse, and repeat that cycle. That's a good one. Let's let's – you know, let's let's get another billion out of uh, extreme poverty and, and cut the uh, cut the rate of extreme poverty down yet again. Now, this is not related directly to the technological singularity. Um, I, the reason the reason I bring it in here is because we've been we've been doing these shows about um, the end of employment, and we, you know we've we've been we've been talking about the robots stealing our jobs over the last few weeks. So I thought it's it just this is a nice counterbalance to all of that, right? This is a, this is a reminder that um, not all technological or social cycles necessarily uh, lead to bad outcomes that uh, there in fact have been some really good virtual cycles going on. And uh, what we've got to hope for is that some of the kind of mojo that led to this wonderful event occurring gets worked into what we're doing with technology overall. And that as we see, um, as, as we work towards greater than human intelligence, we've got to be working it in, in a, in a direction that's going to be solving our problems. Right. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome that we're, yeah. that, that we're putting poverty into the rear view mirror, hopefully. Um, and we've got a lot more problems to work on as well. We've got to, we've got to develop technology that's going to push us in that direction. And I can't say more about this article because the economist tells me that I've, uh, I've reached my limit of articles and it won't show me the piece anymore. So I was going to, I was going to look at the chart and say things. I was able to read it in, in its entirety, uh, Phil. And, uh, 
It's a good article. They, uh, they tended to, uh, towards the end, get a little bit buzzkilly about it. They saying that uh, the miracle really occurred in China and can't really be as easily repeated in places like India and Africa uh, that are just not as well governed as uh, as China has been over the last couple of decades. And they may be onto something there, but I think also there's there's um, you know, we are we are hitting the knee of the curve to some extent, and even if it's harder to bring people out of poverty uh, than than you know that low hanging fruit perhaps uh, that 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 was in China, um, still we got we got so many virtuous cycles that are uh, are being applied to the problem in places like India. So um, I, I would I would expect that. Uh, not not only will we uh, get another billion out of poverty, we'll do it faster. We'll do it faster than we've done it uh, than it happened in, in primarily in China over the last uh, twenty years or so. I think you know, See, I, I, talking. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Phil, if we if we if we revisit this topic in a decade and it's already happened. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That that's you know that's the right spirit. That's the way we got to do this, and and that's and that's the approach. That, uh, that that I think we have to take. There, there's something, and we'll come back to this in a few minutes, but there's something about a positive outlook or good news that makes people feel that they have to apologize, <laughs> right? If not apologize, to sort of explain it or, you know, back back away from it. Or, well, here's this wonderful thing, but no, not really. Um, and, we will and, see and, it happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there, there's, it, it's like we've got a real problem around managing expectations and we don't want to get too optimistic. And that's a topic bigger than this show tonight, but it's, uh, it, it, it shows up a lot. And, and, it, and it, it's, it, it's part of uh, one of our, our last stories coming up here. So it's, it's, it's an important thing to, uh, to be aware of. But I like, I, like, I like where you're going with that, Stephen, because I think you're exactly right. The goal should not be to repeat it in 20 years. The goal should be to do twice as much in 10 years. Right. That's that's accelerating change. Yeah. Um, not, not only to lift that many people out of poverty, but um, I, I'm all about making the middle class rich. You know, I'm, I'm all about. Uh, I, in fact, one of my comments on this was uh, um, I, or was it on this piece or someplace else? Somebody had said, you know, well, how many millionaires does the world need? And I wrote, well, I think the world needs seven billion billionaires. Right. That's that's where. Um, yeah. That's where I think this this whole thing should be going, and it's it's like that kind of end state, which is a real economic singularity it, that I think people don't think about. You know, I, I, you know, um, money is not a bad thing. Money is yeah. the power to ac- accomplish things, and uh, you know, and to the extent that uh, more people have power to accomplish things, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, and in rich places in the world, the uh, the environment is better. I mean, there's just not, there's not, you know, everyone's health is better. I mean, animals are are treated better. It's it, there is no downside to the world becoming rich. Uh, so, um, silly comment by someone who's thinking about it all wrong, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. So yeah. Well, no, no problem. No problem with a lot of poor people becoming less poor. No problem with middle class yeah. people becoming rich. No problem with how about this one? Mark Cuban, the world's first trillionaire, will be an artificial intelligence entrepreneur. How, how about that? Do we need trillionaires in the world? Um, interesting, you know, Mark Cuban. Uh, he's on Shark Tank. Is kind of how he's known now. But he's a guy who cashed in right on the first round of the dot com revolution. You know, he made bank. Uh, he sold his company to, was it? 
how it goes way back, Netscape or Yahoo or somebody, way back, and it made you know billions of dollars and um, has become kind of a big money man since then. But he talks he talks technology every now and then, and his you know his take is because of the kind of exponential nature of AI of of the capability it brings. Uh, somebody who gets a hold of this technology is going to be able to make a fortune uh, financially in ways that, you know, just no one has ever been able to do before. And and that's how he comes up with this model for the world's first trillionaire. What do you think? Yeah, it, it's uh, AI is a bit like being able to wish for wishes from the genie, right? I mean, it's, uh, mm-hmm. um, it's it's uh, it's a bootstrapping a self bootstrapping uh, technology if ever there was one. It uh, um, you, you know any problem that you apply greater intelligence to, uh, you, you know you you tend to solve it uh, uh, faster. And and solving problems is what makes money, right? So right. if you can um, if if you can solve a lot of problems or maybe some. Uh, Classic problems like how, how about this aging or you know uh, our human intelligence or you know um, uh, allow us all to be uh, uh, you know uh, uh, slim that's a nice one right I mean and healthy <laughs> things like that uh, if if uh, problem if these problems can be solved uh, using AI um, it, it, it helps us uh, solve some of these problems that's a good thing and uh, yeah it could it could very easily lead to the first trillionaire. Now, it says in that article that uh, Bill Gates may be on track if he lives long enough. Uh, he makes it to his mid-80s. He might be the world's first trillionaire. Um, but, uh, you know, but he's only at $85 billion right now or something like that. So, I lay awake at night worried about it, I'll tell you. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't even have $100 billion? But, and I thought he was rich. Yeah, so he's a, he's a long, he's a long way uh, from being the world's first trillionaire. He'd, uh, he'd have to, he'd, he'd have to, you know, really, I don't know, found another Microsoft or something. I think and he's going to double down. I, I kind of doubt sure. it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But um, you, I liked your comment. I, I think you made this comment on Facebook uh, uh, with the story, Phil. That uh, well, the world's first trillionaire. <laughs> That might be an artificial intelligence entrepreneur, or it could be an artificial intelligence. You know, it could. Yeah, you know, the, the, and, the uh, thing is, AI gets smart enough, it, you know, might start acting it in its own be. interests, right? Yeah, and um, <laughs> talk about it begins. Yeah, it's like, well, actually, uh, I don't really need you, Mister Entrepreneur. I'm just going to go make the money myself. Now, you know, <laughs> in, in fact, there there might be good reasons to develop AIs that, that do that. Um, it, it might it might become a smart business model going forward to have businesses that we, we've talked about this before, kind of self-starting, self-governing businesses, just because they can work faster, right? And it could be that uh, one of the yeah. reasons the robots take over the business world is because everything will be happening so fast. Humans will uh, will, will have a hard time uh, working into the. Uh, you know, we, we just we won't be fast enough to be in the mix. That seems like that's a ways off. That that could be the first you know multi trillionaire that that um, that is the AI. Meanwhile, the things Cuban is talking about, I think, are very interesting. Um, he, he's talking about you know I'm glad I wouldn't want to be an accountant going into this market. I wouldn't want to be. A, he's, he names something else and he says maybe philosophy majors 
have an advantage at this point, right? Because maybe, you know, it's, it's the people who can interact with these AIs and, uh, and connect with them who will be able to capitalize on that. Oh, you know what? I just saw it. Here it is. He and Todd Wagner launched the internet startup broadcast.com and sold it to Yahoo for 5.7 billion in 1999. Man, that was big. That was big bucks back in those days, huh? It was a <laughs> big bucks now, big bucks anytime. But yeah, it's well, funny. yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, that was before YouTube and all that stuff. That was a lot of money. Oh um, uh, yeah, it was a big so. Deal. So yeah, I think uh, I think I think Mark Cuban is. Uh, I think he's onto something. Um, it, it might be a bit before we get to the Accelerando. Did you ever read that? I've been listening to that one on Audible. You've got me listening to science fiction novels on. Audible. One of the interesting things in uh, <laughs> you know I started it, it and uh, I, and I never I, I started it on you know Dead Tree uh, book and uh, never never finished it. Uh, it. Hey, is a good reader on Audible? I'll I'll check it out. It's, uh, it's got a good narrator there. If you read reviews of Accelerando, actually, this is an aside. We should be other geeking this, but one of the things people say is I just couldn't get yeah. into it. I couldn't get through it. A lot of people say that. Um, and I think maybe I started it and never finished it, but yeah, you can get through it if you listen to it. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah just leave it on. Yeah. And, okay, I'll, I'll, and it uh, I'll give that a try because there was some fascinating ideas. So yeah. Well, I one of which is these uh, these AIs that are, are essentially they're financial instruments that are sentient, right? That are you know it's basically pyramid schemes trying to take over the universe. It's it's interesting uh, interesting set of developments. Now there's your hard takeoff singularity right when when the uh, uh when, when the ai um starts acting not only in its own self-interest but in a very uh ethically ethically questionable way but you know to to back it to back it up a few steps i think what, what mark cuban is suggesting is absolutely right that there's going to be a huge uh market for what ai can do and i think there's going to be a real opportunity for a lot of people to to be involved with that and take advantage of that. I think we're going to see an AI boom maybe, or a boomlet anyway, before, and maybe a quantum computing boom or boomlet before we actually see the real, uh, if we do see it end of employment and, you know, the robots taking over and some of that kind of stuff. So nice to think that there might be, you know, some, some a, 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 a few good years or a few good months on the horizon before we have to deal with that you know, those bleaker scenarios we're talking about every Monday night. <laughs> In our closing minutes, I want to draw a fast forward here. Uh, a Google exam just saying the singularity will happen by 2029. Um, Google exam, of course, is Ray Kurzweil. Uh, Ray himself, <laughs> yep. Uh, that is not, yeah, that is, uh, not much of a surprise to us that playing him for a while. But I mean, he is a singularity himself. But um, it's always uh, good to hear from, uh, from Brian. He, he, he's saying it's going to happen. That's a little short. That's uh, most of the time at all. Yeah, you know, uh, this is what I love about this is, you, you know, as we talk about the importance of not backing away from making a bold claim about the future, here's Kurzweil, who's been telling us the singularity would come in 2045. <laughs> Yeah. Now taking 16 years off the estimate, right? Now that's that's astounding. Yeah, um, uh, he is. I guess perhaps uh, in the uh, heart of uh, Silicon Valley, uh, working for Google, he's a little closer to Andy because they're on the pulse a little more, even though he's not exactly the singularity is near. And 
So he was, he's been able to adjust it now, and uh, one of the happens. So anyway, you know, I, I'm not. Um, I, if, if, it can, if it can occur that quickly, Dutch, I think uh, you know I'd be surprised if it took longer than twelve years. My son, I would be surprised. Well, I'll say I'll say two things about that. One is. Um, Ray, yeah, he's been at Google and he's been seeing what's been going on at DeepMind. So if that's changing his, if that's changing his view of when things happen, he's closer to it than we are, right? So uh, you know he, he's in a he's in a better position, yeah, to, to to make an estimate around these things than we are. But the other thing is, um, this could just be headlineitis. Um, I don't see him in this story saying the singularity will happen by 2029. I see him hap- saying other good things will happen by then and then we'll reach human level intelligence. But again, his definition goes a little bit past human level intelligence. Uh, his, his definition of the singularity as we read it at the beginning is um, what, what occurs after that, right? It's, it's, it's what happens when that, uh, when that level of intelligence becomes commoditized and it becomes, uh, you know, when we start doing things quicker and quicker on that. So, so it's possible that, Kurzweil has made some bold statements about where we're going to be by 2029, and this author or the headline writer has just said, "Oh, he's saying the singularity is going to happen 16 years sooner." I'm not sure he actually said that. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm parsing language a little too closely there, but I don't see him saying that in this story. I see him saying that huge things are going to happen in that period of time, and it, it sounds like the singularity, but I don't see those words coming out of his mouth. So. For what it's worth, you know, yeah. Ray's having Ray's having fun at uh, South by Southwest. And he says, you know, we're going to be able to meet the physical needs of all humans. We're going to expand our minds and exemplify these artistic qualities that we value. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So, you know, 2029, 2045, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. I, I think that he would uh, he would suggest that we're already in the gravity well of uh, yes the uh, of the singularity that. Uh, the world is already changing even now um, in profound ways uh, because, of, uh, you know, uh, as we, you know, as we, you know, our AIs that we have now are a child's play, but they, they still, they, um, uh, you know, they, they are more and more impressive every single year um, that uh, it goes by, you know, I, I you know we, we run into them and sometimes we don't even think of them as AI anymore. You know, they, uh, uh, and um, they weren't able to accomplish, uh, you know, just uh, you know, a, a call bank or whatever. You know, what they can do um, uh, in those circumstances is still is, is remarkable now. Yeah, it's I think obviously gonna if, if anything, up. if anything, we should just do, apply the same thing we did with the uh, the story from the Economist and say, yeah, maybe 2029 at the latest, right? So we'll just we'll do we, we won't <laughs> apologize for. Uh, for a bold vision of the future. We'll, we'll take it and push it one better. Well, hey, speaking of the future, uh, we're going to have to uh, allow the rest of our conversations be in the future because we're out of time tonight. So we're going to wrap it here, but we'll be back with uh, a best of show tomorrow. And on Wednesday, we'll pick it up with a brand new show and back again on Friday with another brand new show. Stephen, great talking with you. It's great being with all of you. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs>